Alright, FBI guy. Check, 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 check. Check. FBI guy. Listen, <laughs> you want to talk FBI <laughs> guy? Let's talk Sayad. <laughs> I just put, while, while, we, while you were dealing with those technical difficulties, uh, I was just putting all of my gore noise in a burn box in, uh, in, a, <laughs> in the event of uh, I, me getting a girlfriend or a theocracy. And it, and oh, Lord. Yeah, I got the mortification tapes on deck. I'm playing both sides. Listen, it's Big Will, Heavy Hole Podcast. My special co-host, Terrell Granham. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. How you doing? Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, yeah. Ghost just, claps. Just make it clap. You, uh, <laughs> we are back. The Buster Rhymes and Spliff star of the death metal podcasting community. Thank you. Oh, yeah, uh, no, nice. Terrell, how you been? I've been good, man. It's funny you talking about hiding CDs, man. You you gave me some memories of getting other CDs from Adam and tapes back in the day that I loved, but I had to. I couldn't just have it on display. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Let's just say I left. I had to leave those in a drawer in my parents' house in Brooklyn, and I'm pretty sure they've gone into that drawer since I've been gone. So it's they, I, pro- <laughs> they probably thought it was from like a so you you did a lot of college. They probably just tell me how to biology class. So. Yeah, and even though they know I was nowhere close to those kind of sciences, but <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah, deep drop in science. Adam Rotella drop in science. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I got a whole box of gore noise. Uh, yeah, just just you know, in the, ready to go in the event. I gotta go one day, man. I got that and a couple of pairs of underwear and a flashlight in the event of emergency. That's what makes it out first. You gotta stay strapped. Jeez, oh man, yeah. Welcome back to the show. Um, Terrell, and, and other news, what's been going on with you, buddy? Yeah, man, just uh, going through the band stuff. We've we've had a good trajectory so far, keeping busy, but, uh, you know, time is limited, so just trying to balance everything and uh, be grateful for what I have at the same time, you know what I mean? Fair enough, fair enough, man. What's Thetis doing, man? Thetis? Okay, so last uh, couple weeks ago, we just finished, like, demoing the entire album. Whoa. So it's about eight songs, um, and now we're kind of hearing it recorded, and now we're kind of going over parts, fleshing out, making it sick. It's weird. It's definitely weird. Um, so if it's weird to us, it'll be weird to other people. Mm. Um, it's not super progressive or anything like that, but uh, it, it'll be cool. It, it stays in line with uh, what we're doing, um, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting it out there at some point next year. Yeah, all right, man. Just, just playing catch up, man. And um, and uh, everybody obviously should know that you're in Reeking Aura with yours truly and the gang. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some shows we got. We'll do that at the back end of the show. We're gonna plug a couple of shows and events as we always do, and give some recommendations. Um, but this is a monumental occasion here, man. You know, you're talking about fleshing things out, man. Uh, <laughs> we're going to flesh things out right now with the, uh, the guttural syndicate. Uh, who is this mysterious clandestine operation promoting uh, gore and, and, and supporting the underground guttural death metal scene? How far does it go back? What are they all about? Are they booking shows? I don't know. Let's talk to Lou.
Okay, this is Big Will from the Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with Lou from the Guttural Syndicate. How you doing, Lou? Thanks for your time. Doing great. Yourself? Feeling good, man. It's good to see you. Uh, we were just talking. It's 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 been a long time, but it's kind of even been a longer time because I used to see you around way back in the day. Um, at some of the old, I think Castle Heights probably rings a bell, and and all that all Lamore. those days. Lamores, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamore, okay, Lamore or Lamores, early two thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, uh, Lou, like I do with all my guests, just so the listeners get to know you um, and I get to catch up, tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself. Are you from a family with musicians, people who listen to music, whether it's metal or not, and was there anyone in your childhood that kind of steered you towards heavy metal and hard rock? Man, as far back as I can remember, man, I come from a family of like artists. You got writers in there, you got painters, um, music heavy, so my grandpa grandparents' house, you see, like, stacks of records, whole, all kinds of old Spanish music. So there was always music being played in my house, you know, it's just kind of natural. My mother then takes it a step further, you know, she's listening to more modern stuff, but she's getting into, she's getting into some cool stuff, right? Like she's, she's got, like, a Van Halen record here and there, you know, <laughs> she's mixing it all up. But, you know, I'm a little kid, so I'm getting, I get real interested in, like, why does, what does that sound like that? You get it? Like, you get that one spark? My brother did took it the next step. Uh, he was really big into like 80s heavy metal and like glam. But then he had Slayer, and then I found Slayer. That was about eight years old when I first heard Slayer, and that was it for me, man. It was in my brother's collection. Because he was like, you know, he was peaking with the with the glam heavy metal stuff, and then like Slayer, to him, Slayer would be like too heavy. You know what I'm saying? But then I'm like, all right, so let me get that then, you know? <laughs> and then from yeah. like eight years old on, I just never looked back, man. Just the heaviest of the heaviest. All right, and and where you know without giving you street address, but where, where are you from? Originally Puerto Rico, but I've been in New York City since I was fifteen. Okay, man. So I grew up in the, yeah. Sorry Bro, about that. I'm sorry. No, what part? Of, what part of the city? So I grew up in the Bronx from uh, from fifteen until like twenty four, and then twenty four on I moved down to Brooklyn because it looked like the scene was in Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. there was no point in making that long trek. I mean, just move out there. You know what I mean? Just hang out with the locals out there. So now I've been in Brooklyn ever since. Thirty nine now. So it's been a while. Wow. All right. So when when you were growing up, man, did you ever get like um, trouble? You know, from the other kids being into heavy metal and things like that. Was there was there not was there a lot of other kids into metal, or were you the only one? Yo, I, honestly, like I went to Lehman High School in the Bronx. It was excellent. So you know, at that time, you still had segregation. You know what I mean? Like you had your hip hop kids, you had your punk kids, you had your goth kids, you had your metal kids. You know what I mean? But like. There was definitely that divide, but I think that, you know, what really gave me an advantage was that I used to, like, sell anything, so I was I was always, like, selling shit, so that got me diplomatic immunity across the different crowds, so I was, I was smoking weed with everybody, so, like, the popular <laughs> kids and not so everybody, so I was that one dude wearing, like, a DSI shirt just hanging out with people, like, like you know, like, what the fuck is the doing? It's because, you know, I probably, like, sold them some shit, and, like, we just smoked weed. Everybody connect on weed so I, I think that yo right there weed help that's smoking f- weed with everybody man you know <laughs> back in high school that's funny so, yeah man. i didn't get much i didn't get much negative uh I, I didn't i had a pretty cool experience in high school being a metal hit for sure bro weed weed helped a lot bro i was like <laughs> yeah man <laughs> breaks down the social barrier a little bit sometimes man and then yeah man like oh no, I was just gonna say I, I don't know how it is to be a teenager now, but in the '90s, 
there was a lot of baggage connected to what music you listened to. You know what I mean? Like oh, that yeah. was a big part of how people saw you and what your whole lane was, you know, and, and socially, that sort of thing. Um, oh, yeah. They had all these crazy uh, misconceptions about what a metalhead was, you know? Turns out a metalhead is like a modern-day hippie, bro. He's just chilling. He just wants to be brutal. That's all. <laughs> he just wants to like, be brutal and smoke weed. And yeah. I think that was me. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's... So I think the way it works is that it starts out that way, right? You got your social classes, like you got your stuff poachers, and they coexist with each other. They don't understand each other. But eventually what ends up happening, uh, they, they start to merge, man. Because I was I was the first dude with a Stephen Pearson in my high school. <laughs> and I, I was condemned for that. People thought it was really weird. But then you fast forward eight years later, it's a fucking fascist statement, bro, to have a, a Stephen Pearson. I think that's badass. And you know what? I did that for you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, ran, I ran so you could walk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, all right, man. Yeah, the 90s was a different time, too, man. It wasn't all, all this stuff wasn't turned out in Hot Topic, this, the, you know, this type of thing. Yeah. Um, so what venue, when, tell, tell me about when you start going to shows and you start discovering, like, the, like you talked about Slayer getting into harder music. When do you yeah. start discovering, like, the death metal underground scene and the bands that aren't really available on, you know, your, your, you know, your radio or your TV or anything? Man, luckily, you know, we like that pre-internet, internet era. So I got to experience going outside. Huh. So, you know, you go, you, you start to find out, you start to find out where all the freaks and geeks are hanging out at, right? So I end up going down to Lower Manhattan, like the East Village area. That seems to me a meet, like a hot spot where you got all the freaks and geeks out there just chilling. And you start befriending people. And then at that time, there was like a lot of record shops, man, in the area. So you can go buy trade sell all day. Like I will bring a stack of CDs and, and they will look at them and I could trade it in for other CDs. And I'll be like, yo, you got heavier stuff. And it was just put me on to some stuff. I don't know if you recall the days of a wait list. Like, I did that for a couple of records, like Mortician Domain of Death. Bro, I was on a wait list for two weeks. I, I skipped school the day it came out. I ran to the record store and got it. And that was the dude at the record shop said, oh, yo, you would like this shit. Some, this is some, some New York shit. And I was like, all right, yo, put me on. And Domain of Death was about to come out. I think it was like 2001. That shit was sick, bro. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. how I got into it because back then you had to go outside. So there was just dudes handing out flyers too, you know what I mean? So they were getting out flyers of like gigs going on. Yeah, street, street. It was fun. Just, just for the listeners, especially maybe some of the younger listeners, talking about street teams and wait lists right now. Oh my god, bro! The, for the, just if people don't know, the record store. All right, so that Mortician Records dropping. The the record store is only going to get X amount of copies of them. Uh, Correct. So, so if you're if you're like a metalhead like Lou and you need to get it, you, you the record store puts you on the list, so you get a copy. You know what I mean? It's like you you know you, you guarantee get a copy, but um, uh, uh, up until the amount of copies they're getting, there's only a certain amount of wait list numbers. And then this, people know what a street team is, man, handing out the flyers and doing all that stuff. I, I hope people know what that is. Yeah. Man. You could you could Google that, man. Um, what about your your first underground show, man? Like what venue? Like we're, like we talk. Well, well, hold on. Let me let me let me slow myself down. We're talking about record stores. I'm you know yeah. I'm I'm from out here in Suffolk County. I've talked about our records. So I do know from the city. Shout out to Dan Olivencia of uh, Miasmatic Necrosis. Um, I was in Biolitz with him many years ago. He's from Queens, and he showed me around the city a few times in our early twenties, and took me to like Bleaker Bob's and Generation Records and Kim's Video. Fine, 
and a few other places like that and kind of gave like that was like that was like the early 2000s so maybe just if you want to talk about record stores and venues that are like close to your heart from back in the day yeah that's a good question so many closed out but there was uh there was one called sounds which really had a special place in my heart it was right down state mark street and i'm sure a lot of people know state mark street it's a popular part of manhattan but it used to be one walk up. On the walk up, you went in there, and I don't know. I just like the way it smelled, and the dude was really nice to me. I can go in there with five bucks, he hook it up. He would just be trying to get rid of the stock anyway. So I'd go in there with, like, I had no money, but I wanted to buy music. So I'd be like, yo, I got five bucks right now. I'm looking for brutal shit. Yo, guess what he gives me one day? FG has forgotten for five wow. bucks. He goes, yo, I got <laughs> an original pressing, bro. And he was like, yo, buy it right now. Take it for five. I'm like, hell yeah. I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I was like, all right. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's <laughs> that awesome. That was Sounds. Sounds in St. Mark's. I don't know if they expanded or anything, but I know that one. Oh, and uh, Kim's. I don't know if you've been to Kim's. It was like two floors. Yeah. Yeah. That was exciting for me. The peanut, you going in there high and checking out all the tapes and shit like that. That was special, man. You yeah. Know? You really wanted to have these things. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember Kim's video and a few of those places, man. Um, uh, I'd have to get Dan on to tell me exactly where we were. There was a few other places, but yeah, but yeah, man, there was there was some great stuff, and a lot of those places have since closed down. Um, but but vinyl's kind of coming back, and there's like I know it's on Long Island. There's all these record stores popping up I never saw before, but a lot of them the prices are crazy for a brand new vinyl record. It's like, if, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's easier to order them from the labels. At this. You know, it's, it's I, I hate to say that, you know, if any of the, the record store owners are listening, but it's you know, the prices are crazy now. Different times because they got to make yeah. a profit. So I know. just got from the source. Yeah, I know. I know, man. It's I'm not trying to knock anyone's hustle, man. It's just, yeah, t- as, a, as a listener, it's, t- it's a tough budgeting game. Um, but and, and then what about t- tell us about your first shows? Like, what are some of the first shows you go to where you really like start? You know, when we're really talking about death metal, you know, I know Dehumanized yeah. is probably in the mix there somewhere and all that. Later on, for sure. I mean, some of my first um, experiences, I, I must have been like maybe fourteen or fifteen. No, I was fifteen for sure. And back then, in the, in the where I used to live out in the North Bronx, there was a place called the the Black Thorn. You ever heard of the Black Thorn? Well, I know Bar. Black, isn't Blackthorn the name of like a venue nowadays that's in Queens? I and, believe it's the same people that were involved in my yeah. in the Bronx on Bainbridge Avenue. There was a bar slash venue called the Blackthorn. A lot of a lot of heavy music would pass through there. So if you were in the North Bronx, most likely you you would play a quick gig at the Blackthorn. So I got to I was ran. I don't know how I ended up in there because I wasn't allowed in. You had to be eighteen up, but it didn't matter at the time. So I just walked in there with some homies. And there was like this sick band playing for like Crucifier or something, bro. Just like generic ass death metal. But at the time, I'm like, oh, holy fucking shit. Look at these motherfuckers, bro. The guy had like the longest hair. You know, he was just a bean, beastly looking fuck. And I was like, and I'm looking at all these dudes like loving this music. And you realize this music's been around for a minute. You know what I mean? So from there on, I started asking like, is there more gigs? Where, where's, where's happening? So it turns out that you had to go venture out, man. I don't know if you remember, like, that's how I ended up at the Lamores the first time as a teenager. And I saw you guys. Violet, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Later on in that, in that, in that journey of uh, discovering the extremists of the extremist metal, simply just asking people, bro. I was really good at just talking to people and just go around, get to know people and ask them questions about new bands and shit like that. Also, just the bands, bro. I would just reach out to the bands directly. You know, when we went. 
they were like, yeah, exactly like I did with you guys. I just reached out to you guys directly and asked you guys what you were doing. Yeah, that well, that's the beauty of the underground scene is everyone, you know, everyone's right there in the crowd, pretty much mixed mixed up, man. Lemore's, um, <clears throat> a lot of the listeners, I'm sure, have heard of Lemore's classic Brooklyn uh, music venue. I think Lemore's is closed down, right? It's called the Red Devil now. Okay, it's still a venue, but okay. it's like uh, they do they do all kinds of other stuff. It's not the same. It's like more of a, it's definitely an events venue. They do all kinds of stuff there, but it's not like Lemore's Rock Capital of Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was. Yeah, you know, back in the days. Uh, my my uh, my bandmate from Reeking Aura, Rick, who co-hosts the show with me sometimes, he's a few years older than me, and he's got a lot of stories from Lemoore's uh, back in the day. They had some of those famous New York hardcore, and you know, probably Carnivore played there, I'm sure, and all, all those bands. Man. Oh they, my God, Iron Maiden played there. Yeah, man. yeah, dude. Fucking Slayer would play there like often. I will come whenever they be in the East Coast. Slayer will be. I mean, that's how they got discovered, too, which is crazy. Def Jam just happens to be in Lamar's, and they just see Slayer perform, and, you know, the rest is history, man. Like, that's insanity, man. <laughs> you know? I saw Cephalic Carnage. I think it was Cephalic Carnage was touring with, like, Creator and Destruction or something. It was some 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 weird lineup, man, and there was a whole bunch of bands there, man. What are some, what are some shows you remember from Lamar's? The Immortal Flesh Days, man. Wow. Those, are, those are awesome, bro. Because um, you know what it is when you're you're getting into the scene, and you're getting in, you're getting granddad in, and then now you're 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 recognizing your local talent. To me, Immortal Flesh was like, I think they represented for me. They were my my death metal ambassador in New York. I thought they had, I thought they were gonna fucking take over, man. So every show, you know, they opened up the Dying Fetus a lot. They play with you guys often. I think like every show you guys played, Immortal Flesh was always there. On the bill, yeah, you know. I, I still see Ralph around quite often. Um, uh, their singer Ralph, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just saw, I just saw him last night. Yeah, he's he's at he's at every show, man. You you know, I he's he's at way more shows than me, I'm sure, man. And uh, he, I know, is he still uh, with that band, Mad Diesel? Nah, I think Mad Diesel split. Then, my, I, my okay, and they were just not active. You know, just not doing anything. I got to reach out to Ralph and have a similar conversation with him that I'm having with yeah. you right now, man. We'll reminisce, man. Get him on the show another time, too, man. Shout out to him. Yeah, Mortal Flesh was a great band. Um, yeah. I would have you know, loved to have, like, a full-length album of theirs on a nice vinyl or something, man. But, yeah, there's so, so many so many great underground bands at the time. Remember um, Premises? Of course, of course. Yeah, you know, they, they used to tear them ones apart, bro. People packed <laughs> the, the floor for them, man. They were so good. So chaotic too, man. Everybody was doing their own flavor of death metal. It was exciting, bro. Everybody was trying to master their own unique sound. It was sick to watch, man. It's pretty sick, man. Yeah, and I, I'm glad to hear you say that. I want the listeners to hear that because, um, you know, me, uh, Paulo from um, Cop Premises, he now does uh, the band Miasmatic Necrosis. Like I said, with Dan, who used to be in Biolich. And, you know, Cop Premises is going back 20 years. I, I can't do the math, maybe even a little bit longer at this point. But just, you know, people should know that Miasmatic Necrosis is seasoned musicians who are who go back, 
You know what I mean? And to hear you say people used to pack the floor and be excited for cop premises, it's true. You know, it didn't come from nowhere. You know, um, that band had it had its own following. They definitely, they were a little ahead of their time, cop premises, with doing the weird shit on stage and not giving a fuck and kind of clowning themselves as part of the act. Like, I feel like bands, like nowadays it would fit in a little bit more with the younger generation. But like back in the day, they would do that at like straight up metal shows, like opening for Nile or something, you know? You know what it was also? It was just cool to see uh, mixed band lineups. That was so common, man. Like, Lamorge used to facilitate that. Lamorge used to facilitate that often where you have brutal death metal, you have a black metal band, you have some weird-ass gore grind band out of nowhere, bro. And it would just this be this mixture of nonsense. Insane. It was It was really good to experience music like that. Because you were excited for everything. You didn't care that it was, it was any type of metal. You was like, yo, it's metal night. Like, we're out here just to check out some sick shit. You know, that's why, that's the attitude that I loved about metal. Was like, yeah, I love my brutal death metal, but I want to go to a gig and I want to be, be a nice mixture of things sometimes. That, I miss that energy where people are excited to just see, just to hang out and see different shit. Yeah, it's, it's I feel like, um, it's back in a different way, man. Cause we took, I, I want to get into when you started, um, was it called the Guttural Syndicate back when you started trying to book shows and things like that back in the day? Yeah, yeah. That was like in the early 2000s, I think after 2006 and up, seven or eight. And I don't remember, man. But it, what it was, yeah, I, got, I was getting involved with, with a lot of bands, developing networks, and I realized that there was a shortage of like just carefully curated brutal death metal gigs. And in we were we lost venues. This was a time when New York City began to change. So like Mahan was closing down with extreme types of music. Venues were closing down everywhere. So I decided to just start asking bands if they'd be willing to just play. Nobody made any money. These were free shows, man. You have to remember this. Except the very first one, I did a big event for the first one because I wanted to to uh, solidify the brand strong. But then after that, everything just started shutting down. So then I should say, hey guys. Nothing is happening, but there's this bar in Brooklyn called Lucky Thirteen Saloon. They'll let you, they'll let two bands play, and they'll let two bands play full shows. Like it's like booking them there. I mean, I had Infernal Revulsion from Japan. They did their first New York City show ever at Lucky Thirteen Saloon in a tiny metal bar, man. And uh, they to this day they they remember that's one of the best nights of their lives. Isn't that interesting? Such <laughs> like, so we didn't have much, man. Just it was like, dude, this is what we got. And they just played. Everybody played. <laughs> little, yeah, man. It's it's a it's a great little slice of uh, life, though, man. You know what I mean? Like to uh, to come all that way and play New York City and play there. As long as you got some people there, I'm sure it's a good story for them. Packed, man. It was packed. It was people showed a lot of love for them, which is very exciting. Who? What other bands did you manage to book back then? At that time, I was working with a lot of, like, I was, I was concentrating on the most popular bands, like, you know, those, those bands that were really making numbers. So, like, Waking the Cadaver, I focused heavy on them. You remember them? Young yeah, Cats out of yeah. New Jersey. They came out hard, man. Just They put out their own little two-song demo, and that demo somehow gave them international, like, international presence overnight. Bro. The attention for them was out of control. But, again, they were also caught up in a situation where, like, Stuff is mad weird right now. You just got to play with what you got. So I gave them. I booked them as well. I same at Lucky 13 Saloon, bro. It was another night. Like, the, the house was... It was almost illegal. <laughs> how 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 exciting that night was. And, you know, I worked with Obama. You remember you in the ceiling? So I brought him out. Yes, yes. PA. 
that was a disgusting band. Really weird, nasty, like sewage. So I thought that was really interesting. Like just different different styles of brutality. I was I would always like try to paint it that way. Every band is like a different paint. Um, and and you also uh, at around was it around that time or was it a little while later that you started working on music yourself? I know you were involved with something with my former bandmate from when I was in Cursed Earth, Paul Tavora, and you were yeah. also involved with the group Vomitus from Sweden. I don't know if you want to uh, help me out with the timeline there. Well, I was like, so I was, you know, I was just taught, I was developing these networks across the world, and at that time I was traveling a lot. And I had, I had two good friends out of Sweden who started this project called Vomitus. And they had the, the idea, why don't we just do two vocals? And I said, I could definitely do that. It's jam. Because it was just writing some brutal shit at the time. We weren't thinking that Vomitus later on took a great turn for itself. Like, it was starting to play shows. You know. um, so I focused in on that. I always wanted to be a vocalist. At that time, I was big on, I used to admire, like, stick vocalists, man. Like, Wayne Nup from Debarman, rest in peace, you know him. To me, that's the, he is, to me, the, the standard of what guttural vocals are. Like, that was, that's like the most primitive form of, I think, brutal, of the brutal class. Like, if you want to learn, listen to him. And from there, you can, you can like, mold it into your own, take it somewhere else. But if you, if you can do it like him first, you will be unstoppable. So I, I used to obsessively listen to the Impale demo. And I would apply that to, and I would practice that with the vomitus. So it was like my, it, to me, vomitus was like the, the training ground to figure out why I want to be a vocalist. You know, it was, a, it was a process. So we did a couple of songs together. The show we did, I think, two records. I think the first one was the, was a split with Inhuman the Saliency, release song. And then we did, uh, we had a little demo. And then from there on, no, we did uh, a mini CD called uh, Surgical Abominations of the Figurement. I don't know if you recall that. Now you should listen to it. That's a really young effort by all of us. We're all young and you know and excited about it. Mad primitive, but it's it's sick, man. It's sick. And then after that, I parted ways. Um, I think it was um, after like 2010. Well, 2010, me and me and Paul started to hang out, and I was back. I, I wasn't traveling so much. I was hanging out in New York City again. I was in Brooklyn. I was a bit stationary. So me and Paulie started hanging out, and I told him, like, yo, Paulie, I always have this passion idea about a, this death metal project that I always wanted to do. It was like this obsession I had. It was called Flesh Throne. So that's my lifelong passion project. Like, I'll never stop doing that. But Paulie really sat down with me and hashed out some of the shakiest fucking riffs, bro, at the time. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing out of this kid, bro. Yeah. I couldn't fucking believe it, man. So he really gave me the opportunity to hash out what Flesh Stone sounds like from, from its very, very beginning. And uh, an ability for me to keep developing my vocals. Um, so I did that with him. And then after that, he parted ways. You know, life happens. And then I just kept it going with some, my friend Hannes from Sweden. And he's been writing songs. So I'm now back. Turn, you know, a few years later, he hits me up. He's like, man, I've been writing songs again. We should complete what we started. So now we've been every time, every so often we'll catch up and he pings me in on, you know, what the, what the songs, where the songs are at. And then hopefully eventually we'll, ha he will feel confident. We'll hear off a solid set of songs. It's under my way. And then I'll start obsessing over them and, and getting the vocals together. And hopefully one day we'll get together for full on, full on production. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, man, and um, just just for the listeners, uh, Flesh Throne, you guys put out two EPs, uh, Onslaught, uh, Upon the Throne of Flesh, I'm on Metal Archives right now, yeah. and a split uh, with Body Snatch. Hell um, yeah, bro, Body Snatch from Switzerland, bro. Yeah. Ramo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, shout to, shout to Paul Tavora, man. I always had a lot of love for Paul. I was in a band called Cursed Earth with him many years ago. When I when I was a teenager, when I first got into all this shit, man, I and he's um, a brilliant guitarist, really um, cap- capable uh, and inspired uh, on guitar, man. I mean, he was he was always like in a, in a different league, uh, a class of his own on guitar. Um, one one thing I want to ask you though, with Vomitus, so you were traveling a lot, so you actually like. Uh, phys- you know, physically hung out with those guys in Sweden and and planned this oh, out, lot, or yeah. okay, because because yeah. a lot of people would assume it was just like an internet project, you know? No, yeah, at that time I was really nomadic, man. It was a it was a time where I was just I just wanted to go check out the world, so I gravitated a lot around Scandinavia, and I just decided to jam. I was like, oh, let's get down because I I love, you know, I mean, like Scandinavian metal is sick, bro. Some of the greatest death metal in the world. So like, why do I not want to? <laughs> Why do I want to maybe do a little stunting on these soils with these people? You know what I mean? It's, I think that's the beautiful thing about fucking metal is that it has literally introduced nations to each other, man. Before the internet, the, the world was communicating. Like, people were hanging out, man. How insane is that? Like, before all of this, metalheads were hanging out with each other, bro. Like, coming to each other's gigs, to each other's cities, to each other's countries. So, like, this is nothing new. So, for me, metal was that, man. It was like, you know, I get to hang out with people and collaborate with them. So, at that time, it was like, you know, you're young. I got nothing else to do. So, fuck yeah. Let's make a name out here. Did Did you go to shows over there? Yeah, I went to a few. I got to see, uh, I saw In Flames out there. That was sick. Wow. Whoever's into some good melodic death metal, you know, In Flames is shit. Oh, In Flames forever. Um, I got to see a lot of black metal. There was a lot of black metal shows out there I was really interested in. So I can't remember a lot of the bands, but I, I got to see freaking Inquisition in Gothenburg, bro. I don't know if you look, you're into Inquisition. Yeah, I, I know Inquisition, man. Um, yeah. they're, they're an American band, no? Am I wrong? Colombian. Colombian, Colombian okay. but operating out of Seattle. Okay, that's what, yeah, I, I was thinking yeah. Seattle. All right, man, interesting. Or Washington. I, I'm not sure, but definitely in the in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. That's my last I know me. They operated out there. Yeah, fair, fair enough, man. So, let me ask because this is the question that comes to my mind, man. Growing up in New York City, going to shows in the Bronx and Brooklyn, then getting to go over to Sweden, and you're going to shows in Sweden. Like, what are some of the differences? Uh, you know, better or worse, and you know, n- you know, w- whichever way. I'm just saying, like, there's got to be some cultural differences, some differences in the scene you notice over there. Even getting back and forth to the show, like, what was it? What was it like? Well, if you're in the city, obviously you're you. You're, you're good to go because you got city transportation, right? But it's pretty much the same, man. I say the the real difference is probably culturally they're more mannered. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Old world tends to be a bit more mannered. The New York City? Like the, the, you know, but other than that, metalheads are metalheads. They just want to drink some beer, hang out. They're probably smoking cigarettes, same shit. Um, I love their enthusiasm too, man. There's a different market over there for for the appreciation of music. So all around, the, you know, the, the those cultures across the seas, man, they have a much more profound respect from, for the arts in general. So, like, you see it in metalheads, how much they love 
you know, how much they love fucking metal, bro. Like, when they speak about their love of metal, they they really fucking love that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's really, that was really interesting to see. I fed off of that energy, you know, how passionate they are about their music, you know. Compared over here, it seems to be more transient. Not, and not that we're not passionate, because we produce some of the most incredible metal this world has ever seen. But you you see how people tend to be a little more transient about their enthusiasm. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. I I don't want to I don't want to wait too far out with this one, but I do I know what you mean. I think I don't think it's just metalheads. I think it's just like I think it's probably in like going sports, going to see sports games and going to see any genre of music. I think sometimes maybe just in certain parts of the country here in the U.S. we're a little spoiled because there's so many options. Like I know right here in New York, Long Island, New York City, like you know North Jersey, whatever you want to do. It's there. Music, sports. Yeah. You know, if you even if even us, like if you like underground music, go to NYC metal shows, dude. It's brrr, you can go to a dozen shows a month if you could afford it. You know, it's you could literally do that, man. It's insane. Which, now there's such a the uproar for live music that everybody every week there there's metal shows, man. I I can't. It's overwhelming sometimes. Can't can't go to the, the monthly yeah. schedules. Can't see all the shit that you want to see, man. You you miss shows. It's like it gives you anxiety, fear of missing out. You know. I'm I'm selective these days, man, because I really want to I really want to see live music, but I have to be selective because of time constraints. Mm. So I I like to go to like really where I know there's gonna be people I want to be around, and also like bands that I'm dying to see. So like I'll never I'll try to never miss a Defeat of Sanity show because that's like watching Sebastian Bach play live. Bro. That's Mozart playing live. Like you want to see that music, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a out of body experience to see that such brutality, but it sounds so harmonious, harmonious. It's so perfectly constructed, you know, like your body makes sense out of it. And you listen to that, the construction of their music like that. It's really sick, man. Bands yeah. like that. I love to watch live. Yeah. Defeated Sanity is definitely in a, uh, a class by themselves, man. Um, when they put out that split album with themselves, the router or whatever, router or whatever it was called, uh, uh they just kind so of flexing on it. Yeah, was that what it was? Man, flexing on everybody, man. Um, yeah, they, they, yeah, they literally just said, "Hey, um, the feet of sanity, this, the feet of sanity, that, <laughs> the feet of sanity, can be this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then when you like when you 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 learn about the history of the band, man, you listen, you you find out that the founder of the band and his father, his father was a master musician. You know, like these guys are, are descendants of. of, of craftsmanship you know like real real talent yeah at the highest level man well just for the listeners uh if they don't realize i had uh lila gruber the drummer and one of the, the founding members on uh, of the band on the show a few years ago it's been a while now and he he went into that whole story about how he founded the band with his father uh wolfgang rest in peace who since passed away and the whole it's it's a crazy. Not every band has a, a dramatic backstory and lore like that. Um, yeah, and then you have to, and then and then the creative output stands on its own. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. You gotta respect it. You know which band is really catching my eye right now, man? Stabbing. Yeah, yeah. They they. I you know, yeah. I think they were they were they were making a buzz. They were building it up, and then when they got on that defeated Sandy tour, I think they popped a lot of people's eyes who who weren't onto them yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd be on the lookout for that band, specifically the guitarist. He's he's definitely enlightened, man. I forget his name, but he recently got hired by Devonment, so he's the new performer, a uh-huh. new guitarist for Devonment. So he's that guy right there. He's making 
big moves in the underground scene to stabbing guitars. From my understanding, now he's also playing for Devourment, officially. Devourment playing. I I can't. Sometimes I I can't keep up, but um, with certain band. But Devourment is out playing now with a lot of original members or a lot of old school members at least. I'm pretty yeah. sure they have the original drummer yeah. there now. I saw them. Um, at the beginning of the summer, I saw them in Boston when they were on tour in June, I think it was. Uh, really solid set. Really, really. I mean, to see them play live right. after all these years, uh, they've gone through some different lineups and put out a few albums. Like, it took me right back to the late 90s. Like, you mentioned the Impaled demo, their, their Impaled demo before. That was a big thing. I, I, can, I have vivid memories of being in Cursed Earth with Paul Tavora, going to his house, the artwork, the devourment artwork and the logo from the Impaled demo were, like, photocopied and hung up on his wall. You know what I'm saying, man? Like, that was a big... In the late 90s, death metal became something different. Res- respect to, to the DSIs and the cannibal corpses and the deaths and even the suffocation. But death metal became something different in the late 90s. It shifted to the guttural stuff, the extra brute. And I think part of that is because... It wasn't as popular, you know, like the, the, in, the, in the early 90s, you had your boom and death metal was big. But towards the late 90s and early 2000s, like you said, the venues were getting squeezed out. A lot of places shut down. And I think people just took it to as brutal as it could get because you, you weren't concerned with what other people thought or distribution or anything anymore. You know, I don't know. And at the time, it was, it was pretty much DIY, I believe. Because, yeah. You know, you had your little venues and bars that would let you play live, but you're basically playing live with each other. You hear that? You hear that a lot from the OG bands. Like Diego from Discord spoke about this. How you know we're playing? With, you know, playing with our friends. Yeah. And you're just developing your sound. You're just trying to out brutal each other. <laughs> you know, like I want to be more brutal than you. Like, oh shit! How uh, did you become this brutal? Let me do that shit too. Like everybody just like you know ripping off each other, which is really the beginning. That's really the the beginning of uh, modern brutal death metal, man. Everybody been everybody went into a tribal state. Everybody went back to hash out what what brutality means once again. Because you know, after Suffocation put out their legacy records, you're it's it's already it's already biblically written what brutality is. Now you're just ripping, right? Now <laughs> so I think that's what happens in the the golden era of the two thousands, uh, the two thousands death real death metal blow up in the underground, man. Um, there was a the bombing broke up and there was a thirst. Bands like Devon were not around for a little bit. I don't know if you remember, they were, they were not, they were nowhere, nobody knew Devon would ever reunite. And there was a, there was a hunger for brutality, man. Like they just, those were one of those bands that kind of opened up a womb and then they just left it open without doing anything about it. And, and then they, they make this entire new energy come about. All these bands or like 2000s put out some of the sickest stuff ever and then they come back. So it was. It's like they came back to what they created. So that's why the energy is just going around, man. Like it's really good now for bands. Like if you really mean it, it's really good right now to, to be brutal because there's nothing yeah. to lose anyone. Uh, yeah, and now it's all back, man. I mean, what what do you think now when you go to shows and you see like three times the amount of people and most of them are like in their early twenties supporting this shit, wearing wearing t-shirts of bands that were out in the nineties. You know what I mean? Fucking sick, bro. Like, I know exactly what they feel, man. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what they feel, man. They're, they're living for the riff, bro. I'm a big slam head. So, like, early early 90s, like, internal bleeding changed my life. So, I, I know, I I based the whole life about those good riffs, bro. I live for the riff. So, I know I know that feeling, you know, that activates you. So, that's exactly what they're there for, bro. 
why bands like Defeat of Sanity are so good because you just riff after riff after riff, man. You should feel good. You're in bliss. <laughs> so the fact that they are, they they get it, they understand that makes me feel good. It means that there's still going to be people out there making good shit. Life is all right, bro. That's what I see when I see that. That's, you know, <laughs> life's all right. <laughs> life is good. Death is death. There's always death metal. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, so while, well, while we're talking about this, man, you mentioned Eternal Bleeding. You know, shout out to them, obviously. Um, we brought up Dehumanize before. I just wanted to pick your brain for, you know, because you brought up Immortal Flesh. That really sent a light bulb up over yeah. my head before. What are some other the other bands uh, that you remember from back in the day? Whether it's New York or not, just some of the more, like, undersung brutal bands while we're talking about the big boys like Devourment and Defeated Sanity. Like, like what are some of the more obscure picks you remember from, from the old days, man? My God, man, my head is white. <laughs> Oh God! Locally, there wasn't that much brutality. I don't think I can't recall. Um, Immortal I mean, flesh was definitely was always around killing yeah. it, right? Because they're, they're they're underground, g as fuck. So they they were always around killing it. The legacy never stopped. To, to this but, day, uh, the bands that were playing around them, there was a lot of transiency. A lot of bands didn't make it. They were good, you know. Some some stood the test of time. Like you had your big three. You guys were always playing around all the time. Um. I mean, I used to always come out for the big shows. We were always at the big shows, like early suffocation, cannibal corpse. You know, there was like, you either went to the big shows or you went to the local shows. And the thing with the local shows is that there always be a lot of bands. <laughs> I can't recall. Yeah. I can't recall the time, yeah. but I used to follow Immortal Flesh everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, and, Cop Premises, Biolich, yeah. Immortal Flesh. I'm trying to think what other underground bands were doing guttural vocals you, and brutal shit around the time, man, that, that, you know. You had the whole oh, Matt. You, you remember United Guttural Records? Of course, yeah, yeah. So they were. That was interesting what they were doing because it was disgusting. The band they were specifically get the most disgusting bands, and then these bands would just tour. Um, there was this band called Guttural Secret. Yes. No, not Guttural Secret. Uh, not Guttural Secret, man. Well, United Guttural Records had the, the most nastiest bands. That's the names I can't even recall. But they were that. Those bands really caught my attention at the time. I think everybody should check out the. United Guttural roster. If they want to go down like a nice retro Guttural excursion, they should do the United Guttural Records roster for sure. That was, a, that was just disgusting. I think they also put out Devourment, right? They were the first label to put out the first the environment record if they didn't they they might they might have around that time man it was all yeah. that I know it was I think it was Rich from Flesh Grind was running that label and they, I think they oh dealt God, with flesh like, grind. Holy yeah, shit, bro. flesh grind, Waco Jesus, Dead in, um, Guttural Secrete, who you mentioned. Uh, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something with Devourment back in the day, man. Um, yeah, really, that label is symbolic of that whole era. They put out Malignancies Motivated by Hunger. Um, yeah. that, that label is symbolic of that whole era, really, man. Um, I, I remember they used to come through Castle Heights in Queens. Uh, with some of their bands, like they had, um, I saw I saw Waco Jesus there once or twice, and there was one time where they had that uh, blood. The, the, the unique leader did that used to do the bloodletting North America tours and Cali monumental stuff. California Disgorge, Mortal Decay, um, I think Deeds of Flesh. Uh, they they came whatever they they came through Castle Heights and Queens and then played Milwaukee Metal Fest like a few weeks later. You know, it was, but yeah, man, they they used to come. The, all those guys from the Midwest used to make their way. It kind of was more in the Midwest than it was in New York, 
at a, at a certain point. The the brutal Better death metal it? shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, <laughs> yeah. You know what corn I mean? Corn country, bro. <laughs> corn country. Yeah. I remember, those, I remember once I was drinking with those guys. I was like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> 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 I'm not. I'm not saying there wasn't anybody holding it down in New York. There was always, you yeah. know, like like you said, there was always malignancy and people. But but yeah, it it, it became a, an Illinois and an Ohio thing. The guttural death metal for a while, and it still is. It still has a stronghold out there. You know what I mean? Real strong. I mean, yeah. New England uh, or this northeastern region has put out some monumental bands, like you know, Eternal Suffering. You oh, know, remember yeah. them? Yeah, you know, yeah. bands like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who else did you have out here? There was that one band called Proteus. Do you remember Proteus? Really misunderstood, bro. Some of the heaviest. Only, yeah, it was, you know, at that time, people were carving out new sounds. So I highly recommend you look up Proteus, man. Proteus. P-R-O-T-E-U-S. Proteus. Well, okay, Proteus. Really interesting. Yeah, I had them play one of my shows, and it was definitely a performance, bro, because they really they really were unique in the sense of what brutality meant to them. Huh. Really cool shit, man. Proteus. Yeah. Um, but then you had, uh, what, Scatter Remnants. You know, I'm talking about, like, that late 90s, early 2000s school of bands from New England. Like, really crazy stuff came out. Came out of the, the Northeast region at one point. Like, really brutal shit. But, like, more, like, on the groove side. You know, we were always yeah. more on the groove side, you know. Yeah, it, it was always crossed over with hardcore. And I feel like nowadays, it's, uh, there's not even a line anymore. It's just all mixed up, mixed up with, with hardcore, which isn't a bad thing. You know, the more there's more people at shows and... You know, it is it is what it is. It's just a New York thing, man. Um, all right, so I've had you here for a while, man. Lately, for people that don't know, one of the reasons that I kind of like uh, um, reconnected with you and invited you on the show is you've been doing the guttural syndicate. You've been on social media promoting bands. Uh, I know, I know. There's been some efforts to book and promote shows again. Let me let you take the wheel on that and talk about what's been going on lately with the guttural syndicate. So I really, really wanted to start my own media platform in my early 20s. That was, and I wanted to make it for extreme metal at the time. So I had this ambition in my early 20s. And that's how I came up with the guttural syndicate. You know, I was, I was a one-man army. I built out the website. I do all my, everything from the ground up to the booking. Luckily, I had great friends to help. But then after like 2010 hit, late 2000s, life took a turn. I had to go. I was, I got busy with other projects. I was, you know, I was teaching, I was educating myself. I had to go develop experience. So now I'm back. Um, I'm in a point in my life now that I have like the, the expertise and experience to really now do something about it. With, especially now, man, like all the tools that are available to us is unheard of. Like this is a time to, you know, if you're going to do anything with media, now is the time just, just for the, the platforms that are available. Yeah. So yeah. I'm starting small, man. You know, I keep it humble right now. Basically, just doing a lot of like, let's say, community outreach. So I started the little Instagram page, and that's basically what I'm doing. I'm, I'm focusing in on what I know best, and I want to talk about it, nerd out about it, right? I'll make these little introspective posts about certain individuals, or certain music, or certain parts of the history of the music, and that's just my way now. It's just developing that community outreach. You know, just getting people like yourself interested who want to be part of this. While I'm doing that, I'm definitely working behind the scenes with uh, developing like an event, like a full-on event booking platform for it. I'm uh, starting out of Pittsburgh. We've got a great friend out there, Joe Grind. I don't know if you know him. Uh, so I, he's he's out there uh, working with preserving you know, a couple of venues and he's booking shows for the most brutal bands possible. We don't really care. We want to know if you're brutal and you want to you want to you're in the East Coast. You want to play. 
just reach out to Joe Grind. He got you. So that's my that's that's the test module for event booking. Because uh, it, it sounds it sounds good to do something like this in a place that's not New York City, because New York City's do or die. Well, places like Pittsburgh offer more. You got grounds for testing there. You got venues. You got a hungry a hungry crowd that doesn't really just wants to go out and have a good time. While in New York City, people tend to be more busy. Over there, people actually want to have, need to go out. They want to go out to shows. So he's having great success over there, both in little bands. We got a show coming up. I put the flyer up on the on the Instagram, and we're just going to keep booking out of there and building out that part of because we want. I eventually want to go global, where I do want to start booking global events, whether it's small festivals, tours, gigs. Um, I ideally like like uh, you know three opener, four headliner, headliner formula. I think it's that's a solid party. So I want to do that across the world under the uh, the TGS banner. Um, another thing that I really want to get into now is the cannabis. So I got to start like uh, incorporating metal and weed. So you know, I don't know if you know, but there was the Philadelphia Metal and Beer Festival. You heard of that? Yes. So I I want I want to do the like the first metal and weed festival inspired by the Philadelphia Metal and Beer Festival. You know, it's just like a big cannabis expo. And then you have a stage in the center just with the most disgusting band having a great time. Something like that. Oh, so man. TGS basically is a media platform. I'm going to go full on. I want to provide, uh, create what I was doing then, but do it on a, on a grander scale. Uh, like a real brand, build a community around it. Uh, but uh, hone in on, on those. There's, a, there's like a point in a band's history, band's evolution. They, they eventually get there and where they sound their best. Try hone in on that, and there's a lot of underground acts like that. So you know, just observe, listen to the music, and then when you feel that they, 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 they you, you, you feel it. You know when a band is, it will, will tear the house apart. All right, we got to book them now. Mm. So a lot of observation. You know, I'm always listening. I'm always checking out brutal music, regardless of whether it's like, you know, good old brutal death metal in the old sense. And I'm also liking the new Youngblood stuff, man. The, these, these dudes, these 16-year-olds, these 20-year-olds, they, they got their new ways of interpreting brutality, man. You know, that dude, Will Ramos from Lona Shore, that, I think that's interesting what they're doing. All those bands, uh, what are they called? Like the four bands, I don't know. They're like brutal, you know, like death four bands, or, you know, whatever they are. I think all that stuff is, there's some really good stuff in there. So I also want to start like bringing in those guys because they represent the future. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said, man. Um, a lot there, a lot there. I I have the same mentality with the podcast about bring them in. It's the future. I try to get a lot of younger bands on. Yeah. Um, the cannabis thing. I, I'm not a huge beer drinker. More power to people who are. But I would definitely want to go to that cannabis and and metal fest. Allegedly, I'll say if anyone from my job is listening. Um, and and then finally though. A, a week or two ago, our guest was Riparian, a death metal band from Pittsburgh. And I, I got around to asking them. I was like, you know, it's like, because I've been to Pittsburgh a few times with my bands. It definitely seems like they got a healthy scene, a lot of cool underground minded venues, like not necessarily all uh, clubs that are expecting the death metal bands to draw like pop artists or something like underground venues that are like sympathetic to underground music out there in Pittsburgh. There's a lot of cool shit going on out there, man. Definitely a place to get to if you're an underground band. Absolutely. If you if you want to test out stuff, test it around town. Don't leave the city. Start playing the start playing small towns, man. They they're hungry for rips, bro. They they will pack a house. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, the hunger for live music has never been this high, man. COVID I, did something, and it's just making everybody want to be brutal again. It's really amazing. It's really amazing to see, man. Truly. It, well, everyone was a little shook up because now, I mean, maybe now we appreciate, I know, I mean, personally, I appreciate live music a little more. I appreciate being able to go out and play a show a little bit more now that it was taken away from me for a while, you know, without getting too deep into it. Um, it you know, it, it, you, sometimes, you know, it's like we, it's like I was saying before, we're a little spoiled here in New York City compared to some other areas where they don't have touring bands come through as much. So maybe that was a little reality check, too. Um, but you're right, man. It's, it's back. Heavy music and brutal death metal. And I, I even see like gore grind and like the real ugly raw shit getting a following now and being able to draw a crowd. So it's it's all back, man. Um, something you said before, though, I didn't want to let this go. You said you always wanted to start like a media platform, a media company since the early 2000s. You, I mean, you said yourself, though, nowadays with everything that's available, all these tools, it's it's why wouldn't you? You know, it's the best time to do it. But in the early 2000s, what what were you picturing back then? Because you're talking about before Patreon, before uh, possibly before MySpace or maybe when MySpace was just about it. I mean, like like what were you pick? What was a media platform going to be to you in the early 2000s? Um you know that that's oh man at the time i even had the schematics out so i was going to start by developing the the booking agency start regional go national then go global so while i was doing that my real goal was also to create a, a media uh you know how you have a metal injection now yeah places yeah. like that i was thinking about that then a place of news of content of up-to-date information then also do our media distribution i wanted to do my own record label very exclusive carefully selected bands that I wanted to release myself. So it was a, a, a basically just a, a full-on servicer of the music, you know, from release, public relations, marketing, news, everything that the new, the, these guys are doing now because the, the, they caught on to it, places like Metal Injection, et cetera. They do exactly what I wanted to do then. And that excited me because when I saw those great things like that popping up, I realized, wow, people really care about metal as much as I do. And like, look, it's happening. I was thinking about doing these things when I was young. And now it, it, it's true. I, I, we, I was right. Because you remember you have magazines like Metal Maniac yeah. and stuff like that? That eventually digitized, right? So then the communities were online and now they're global. So if you literally built a, a community, put a brand, built a community, and start getting people involved, then people are going to consume it. That's that's why these these metal media platforms work. They're very successful. Like I think Metal Injection has like over two million followers on on YouTube or one million. I'm not sure, but they're doing very well. Yeah, Metal Injection. I I personally I do remember Lamb Goat and Invisible Oranges from when like I was in my early twenties, like twenty years ago or something. I remember when they were in their early stages. Um, I, a long time ago, man. I think invis is invisible orange. Yeah, and and to see them today, man, still going. It's 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 very interesting. Um, how how they've had longevity. You know, longevity and consistency. Um, is as much as you want to have a quality product, uh, and and you want to you know you want to stick with the times and everything else. Having consistency and having longevity, that's something to focus on as well with these type of things, man. Um. It, it it goes it goes to speak for itself. So, 
All right, that being said, I, I did punch up your, um like I said, your Instagram uh, to, to, to plug that show. You have a lot of information, not just about shows you, you've, you're you booking, but shows you've booked in the past, that sort of thing. This show here is um, uh, at Preserving Underground at the DIY Room. I got to visit the record store at Preserving Underground in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Awesome. Really cool, man. Um, uh Sunday, November 5th, all ages. So that's coming up uh, this... Oh, shit. We're not going to have the episode out in time for this, Lou. I'm sorry, man. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. All right. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to cut that part. All right. So um, the Guttural Syndicate 138, um, if people want to check you guys out on uh, uh, Instagram. And you also... Have, I've seen something here. If people are interested in, in getting shows in um, Pittsburgh, uh, they, they can reach out to you. Um, is there anything else uh, you guys are involved in or, you know, any other plugs or messages just with what you're doing right now you want to get out there? Uh, right now is the very beginning. I'm starting from scratch with the Goto Syndicate banner and community. It's just right now gathering, presenting, networking, so a lot of community outreach, uh, taking advantage of the Instagram to talk about the history of the metal, right? So I like to make posts about things that interest me about the history of Little Death Metal, et cetera, like that. It's really right now focusing on getting the conversation going. In a sense, just nerd out hard on brutal shit with my fellow brutal death element guys around the world. Like I once did. Um, I don't know if you recall in, in the early 2000s, there was a development official fan forum. You recall that? No, no, I wasn't on that. You know, I'm a little, I was, I've always been a little bit yeah. out, out of the loop with the tech stuff and the internet stuff. But yeah, the devourment official forum. I'm sure there are people listening that might remember that. Yeah, it was a fan farm, right? So it was started by me and now the cat out of Texas because there was a hunger for the environment and the environment was dead. So we thought, all right, let's just start. Uh, we went, we signed up with a free farm service on the internet. You remember that stuff back in the days? Yeah, I remember like that. Free yeah. farm, <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of different forums that popped up over the yeah. years, yeah. So we registered one. We called it, uh, the, yeah, we called it that, the, environment, the official environment fan farm, thinking that it wasn't going to go anywhere. And before you know it, bro, it was like 8,000 brutal death heads from around the world talking <laughs> just talking shit <laughs> just so much sharing music talking about music environment all day every day just, it brought it it brought all these people together so this is pre-social media right now you can find your fellow metal heads all over the social media so this forum yeah brought people from all over the world and love brutal death metal and the love of brutal death metal everybody was just a good forum so things like that. That's what I'm trying to do with TGS. Is, you know, bring back the community, get conversations going, and nerd out on Brutal Death Metal again, man, like the old days. And then do cool shit in between. Great events. Maybe I'll do record releases. I'm not sure, but I definitely want to work heavy with bands. You know, whether it's a marketing thing, promotions thing. We'll see. I'm developing different ideas in the next five years. I hear you, man. Now, uh, let me let me ask you this um, quickly and respectfully. I um I, I I am a college dropout. I don't have a college degree. Yeah. With, with everything you're talking about, do you have a background in education related to the things you're talking about or anything like that, or is this just more your um your project that you're kind of going for and, and teaching yourself about? Uh, there early there's a lot of self thoughts. I've always been really interested in media and art. But yeah, I did go to school. I did go to school for communications, and then I also have a, a background in engineering. I did a master's. In, I did a master's in science, and then my my bachelor's of science is in communication. So I kind of got because I was always interested in technology. Big nerd when it comes to like how society develops itself through it. 
So I really, when I went to go get it, when I was in university, I, I studied heavily on you know media communications as well as technology in my own way. I took advantage. Interesting. Did that have to do yeah. with why you were traveling around a lot? Well, yeah, during my free time, man, I, I was nomadic. I took every, all the free time I could get. I wanted to be outside, right? So I was, you know, you're just grinding away. But once you got free time, man, I'm grinding out. I'm out. <laughs> got to be outside, man. Hang out with people, you know what I mean? Especially at that time. Metal takes you places, man. Yeah. Metal does take you places. Just hang out with people. Where are some of the other places you got to go and visit around that time of your life? Hey, everywhere from, uh, man, Spain all the way to, the, to Scandinavia. I uh, ended up in Portugal. So I was dating a girl once. So we went to visit our family in Portugal. That was pretty cool. Um, I mean, I re- oh, and the furthest east was probably Germany. But I regret not going further out east, man. Like, I really, really, really want to go to Eastern Europe, man. I want to go to Eastern Europe. I want to go to Asia. You know, I want to, I want to see all that out there. Mm. I haven't made it that far out. Just Western Europe, mostly. Still time, still time, man. And yeah, still time, man. Um, all right, before we before we wrap up, man. Obviously, I want to encourage uh, people to follow and support the Guttural Syndicate. Like you said, you share a lot of um, just kind of like lore and history about the metal scene uh, yeah. alongside promoting upcoming events and things like that. I got. I also i um, I follow Pete Rock, the DJ on uh, uh, Instagram. He posts a lot of stuff that's not necessarily related to his catalog, but it's just historical in terms of hip-hop. I think that... I like the idea that there's something like that for underground death metal. Um, you know, we gotta, we, we gotta yeah, preserve man. the history and the lore and the personality of it uh, in addition to the music, I think. You know? Yeah, you gotta understand, like, uh, brutal death metal to this day still exists. It's very prevalent, but it seems to now become a... A place where ideas are born. You can see there's like a strata above little death metal that is extreme music as well, but it borrows from all the experimentation and, and the ongoing little death metal scene. I think, like, for example, Defeat of Sanity would be one of those bands that is kind of, it's always setting new standards that the strata above compete from and become like the more commercially driven stuff, which is nothing bad, but brutal death metal literally feeds them, feeds creatively. Brutal death metal feed those systems of music, without a doubt. You know what I mean? And a lot of them, you ask them, they'll tell you all about how much they love like bands like Disgorge, etc. Like a lot of the new, a lot of the deathcore kids, you ask them about brutal death metal, they'll talk about stuff like Disgorge from California. They'll, they'll bring up bands, you're like, what? You know that? I'm like, right. yo, bro, this is why I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> like somehow that music made them who they are, you know? Somehow. All, all it takes is a few weeks on YouTube uh, nowadays, man. But and I'm not knocking it though, man. It's just it's, if music speaks to you, it speaks to you. You know that's that's all it is. Um, yeah. So Lou, I've had you on here for a while. I appreciate your time. Uh, while we wrap, while we while we start to wrap up here, I always ask each guest to recommend one older release and one newer release. Any kind of music, uh, metal or otherwise, demo, album, whatever. Just something from back in the day and something a little bit more recent to recommend to me and the listeners. And then we'll give you the opportunity to plug and promote anything else you got going on, obviously. Man, Sinister Cross the Sticks. Wow. Yeah, always. Good one. As, Good far one. As, as far as the new, the last internal bleeding, for sure. You, everybody should be listening to that. Yeah, what well, what was um, the name escapes me now? That was it was the one after corrupting influence. You're talking about corrupting influence was the second to latest one. Yeah, the latest one. Um, I got 
Look it up. Yeah, hell yeah. Hold on, I got fact checked. This Pie as shit, bro. I've had I've had Chris McCarthy and Chris Prevelis on the show, so I got to look this up out of respect to them. Oh, right this, right. Is, this is just two of the most bad, the greatest guys in the world, man. Chris Prevelis is an amazing dude, man. Yeah, dude. I yeah, I've, I I I love uh, both of those guys, man. Always been um uh, nice to me. We when we had him on the show, we talked to uh, Chris McCarthy. He was in a band called From the Ashes out here on Long Island that used to play with Biolich. So, you know, he goes just as um just as hard. All right, so Corrupting Influence was the last what? one in 20, yeah. 2018. All right, that that's what it was. Yeah. I was I I had it confused with um they had the Overthrow Creation single in 2021, but I I don't think there's a new album yet, man. But shout out to those guys. No, the Overthrow Creation is the new track. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. working on a new record. Yeah, rest in peace to Bill. You know, man. Um, all, yeah, dude, great, great legacy band. Um, so, uh, that being said, Lou, any final uh, shout outs, plugs, or promotions? As I remind people to follow the Guttural Syndicate One Thirty Eight on uh, Instagram and follow all uh, your moves out there. Hey, man, listen, this is a humbling experience. It's just I'm out here trying to build the community because I like to party. And I want to party with weed, and I want to party with blue stuff. You ought to understand that it's a passion project to bring the community back to just, just a cool place where metalheads can hang out. Because I had the opportunity of creating that when I was younger. Just want to do it again. I think we we lost ourselves there a little bit with the whole digitization of the world. Mm. Bring it in a little bit. That's what the gutter thing is about. It's like just being brutal again. You know, talking about the brutal stuff and enjoying it live, man. You know, the the, the, the story of, of of it is the event want to put together quality events where people come in and it feels like a party it's not like oh shit it's a show no it's a party you're hanging out with all the metalheads it's having a great time so that's the go very simple and, you know, if anybody's out there that likes weed come join me man <laughs> <laughs> come smoke some weed with me man listen to brutal shit and talk about it the guttural syndicate <laughs> man alright man Lou I appreciate your time brother man we'll be watching you in the future man thanks, thanks again thank man thank you so much man of thank course, you so man. much brother all right, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it here, um, and uh, like I said, unfortunately, I, I don't think we're gonna be able to get it out by the end of the week, maybe. But um, uh, it'll probably be up like the the week after or something, man. So I'll I'll shoot you a link and all that. You'll see it on on, on Instagram and all that, man. Fucking perfect, bro. All right, man. Good talking to you, Luke. Thanks, Robert. Absolutely, man. Have a great night. Guttural Syndicate, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you got it. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost nah, said... he's cool, man. It's, he popped up for me recently, and I'm like, damn, this man is going to the Slam archives. and He's old school. And like you said, yeah. He's old school. He supports. He's been supporting all the new stuff, too. And yeah. It's cool, man. I keep almost saying United Guttural when I when I try to shout him <laughs> out. That's why, that's why I made sure I got it right. 
Um, it's appropriate though. It's, he's hitting that same area, you know, yeah. that the same yeah. era, I should say. I know. Yeah, no. I, I, you know, let's even leave that in, man. That's behind the scenes. But yo, I was just checking because I, I have this habit of saying <laughs> United Guttural Records when what, which was cool. But when I'm really trying to shout out Lou and the Guttural Syndicate, we thank you, Lou, for that interview, man. And you can't blame me for for getting those two correlated because you just heard the whole interview and what we talked about, um, keeping it real. And Terrell, thank you for sticking with me. Um, I think on this note, in terms of keeping it real, the guttural stuff, I just want to kind of pass it along to you in like a natural segue because you brought something to the table that fits right in with this whole discussion. Let's 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 keep it rolling. All right, so I'll I'll make it I'll make it fit in, extra. So speaking of Lou from Guttural Syndicate, he's been posting a whole bunch of old flyers, and I came across one of a show that you played back in the day. Allegedly, and that was allegedly. A allegedly, 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 we don't know. We don't know who was <laughs> but if you were, <laughs> it was Biolich, Inhuman Dissolency, mm. and Bomber, yes. Mutilated, and the band we're going to talk about, Digested Flesh. True, true. And this is uh, 2006. Mm. Where what? was I? Doing something in high school at that point. <laughs> One of a handful of shows in my 25-year career. Uh, 25 plus year career as an underground death metal singer. I use the word career loosely. Um, where, <laughs> where I brought a girlfriend uh, to the show. Not a flex, actually, kind of sad. But go on, sir. <laughs> I was going to say, that is, for guttural music, that is a flex. But Yeah, one of a handful, a scant yeah, handful. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> go ahead. Go but, ahead. you know, so yeah, this is uh, Digestive Flash, and a uh, recommendation is. Um, the Answer to Infection from 2004, mm. uh, their first and only full-length album. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You want to say something? No, I'm, I'm agree. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, I'm yeah. agreeing with you. Are uh, you fact-checking him? You're yeah, fact-checking me. I'm, I'm right? agreeing with you. <laughs> so, Digestive Flesh, they're an awesome slam, brutal death metal band, however you want to call it, from New Jersey, and um, I don't know how I kind of miss these guys, kind of in my musical upbringings definitely seen the name around definitely heard the album a couple of times always thought it was super heavy but just there's something that didn't click for me and then i was just listening one day and i was like yeah this is the shit i i don't know what i've been sleeping on and like once again new jersey's you know is doing it yeah uh another another band that comes to mind around this era is dripping mm. but digested flesh is not as esoteric and out there as as dripping but don't get me wrong they're not they're not a simple band they kind of do that that thing that um like the last time i was on the show I was talking about dysentery they do that well executed slam where it's simplistic at times but it's not haphazard it's not stupid or anything like that and there's a lot of clever there's like a, a lot of clever traits to the riffing in my opinion bass is super heavy Gutturals are absolutely, absolutely disgusting. And man, I, I don't know this. What what can I say about this band? If you like repudiation, you'll definitely like this band. It's got that vibe that just like smack you upside the head. <clears throat> and the drums, the the drummer on this is like ridiculous. Like, uh yeah, man, I'm I'm just kind of gushing at at this point. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm sorry. Close out. Finish up. Oh no, no. So I mean. Go check this out. There's not much I can say, man. And this shit is so heavy. Um, in fact, I finally got myself a copy of this, but it was really 
a compilation um, of this album, a split um, with Inhuman Dissolency, who also played that show back in the day. Um, but this is something that uh, Gutter, Gutter Christ had put out. Um, and it's just like an awesome compilation of everything on CD. And that pre- that CD is pretty much have, has not left my disc changer in a month. So I'm either listening to, to one of three things when I'm in the car. 1010 wins, mm. AM radio, right? You already know New York. Fair enough. High 97 if I'm on the FM. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nowadays, or digested flesh. Nowadays, you know it's I mean? like, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why was hot? I, yeah. Why hot 97? Because you're not going to hear the old hot 97 anywhere yeah. else, right? You're not going to hear shit on 103.5, Z100. Like, you know what you're going to get. And I know what I'm going to get on hot 97. And I'm, I'm at least going to keep it hip hop adjacent. Fair enough. I, <laughs> when I'm on Hot 97, I'm going to say this. I once, now that I've um, uh, 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 gently cascaded over the 40 year old benchmark into my 40s, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, what, BLS 107.5. Oh, cruising. wow. That's a throwback. Okay. They got, yeah, they got everything you want on there. A little Mary J. Blige every once in a while. Okay, never heard okay. anybody. I see. I, um, I mean, that was that was on rotation when I was growing up. You know, smooth R and B and shit. Now you're making me feel old. That was that was on rotation when I had that girlfriend at the at the oh. Dissolency show. <laughs> I'm joking. Man, I'm, joking. Even, I'm joking. I'm joking. Girl- <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I never had a girl. I'm joking. I never had a girlfriend in my whole life. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm the true death metal. No. Um, it's very appropriate that we're talking about Hot 97 and and tri-state area hip hop lore. <laughs> <laughs> and Bro, being, you know and, I can always talk about that because <laughs> digested flesh is like you said. You, you so let's spin it all back because you, you brought it, you talked about reputation. I've said because I think it might have been Dave Gladding. I talked about this album with somebody else um, several months or a year ago or a while. Um, not this whole compilation talked about, but just the answer to infection full length from two thousand four. And I said that that full length. The answer to infection by digested flesh sounds like if Reputilation eventually recorded a full length album, which they they never did. You know what I mean? Like it just, yep. uh, and I mean that in every possible complimentary, respectful way. It's it's great in that in that in that uh, regard. Um, yeah, not much to say about it, man. You know, I feel like this is kind of a roots recommendation for the heavy hole podcasts you, you know what I mean? The brutal guttural death metal is kind of always home base for us. The slams, even though like. You know, I listen to a, a, a wide variety of, of... I listen to a little bit of everything. You know? No, but I listen to a lot of different types of death metal underground music, and this podcast has kind of expanded me in that way, too. I'm forced to, to have an open mind because of the podcast. But um, stuff like this is, like, always home base for us on The Heavy Hole because of a lot of the like the episodes people might remember from the first year or two and the uh, things like that, the, the ping episodes and all that. This is, uh, yeah, I don't want to talk it to death. Like you said, we could just gush over this, but it's definitely something for people to check out, Digested Flesh from New Jersey. Um, look for that compilation that was, uh, I was looking up the title of that, that would, is the one that you're talking about, Congregation of Flesh, the comp? Yes, exactly. Okay. That's the whole compilation. All right, so that's a good thing to look for, man. And um, maybe we'll ask Tom to just play a little bit of Digested Flesh right now.
we're back. Um, Terrell, did you get a chance to spin the recommendation that I sent you today? Yeah, phlemesis, like the nemesis of phlegm when you wake up and you're just <laughs> stuffed up and you sound like you, you, you schnot it up like I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm very familiar with the phlemesis. Phlemesis. I love it. I love it. Um, Phlemesis, a one-man project, the one man being Joey Sins, I'm going to say his last name is, C-I-N-Z. <laughs> I uh, saw that. Yeah, Joey Sins. He, this guy was in, uh, or is in, Morgued, prolific musician who's in a lot of different projects that that are comprised of mainly him or him and, like, uh, a homie or two. Um, Morgued being one that I brought up maybe two or three years ago on the podcast now, and... What I said about Morgs, I'm going to say something similar about, in particular, the Filth Speak demo 2023 by Um, and I'll get to get around to that. There's a compilation called Septic Euphoria of all the, of both the demos and a cover song that you can get by Flemesis from Boston. But um, the Filth Speak two-song demo I sent you in particular, it's a quick listen, and the first demo was good. They had the Sewer Pop demo 2022 but then this Filth Speak demo in 2023, it's just two songs, but I feel like it just hits like a perfect little, um, not too long, not not too short. It's it, it's the, 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 the evolve, he, he, I should say, evolved the sound from the first demo. There's a little bit more attention to songwriting. There's a little bit more like dynamic in it, but it's just very good, doomy death metal. It's, you know, you what maybe you want to talk about incantation, dismal, that that kind of, that that breed of death metal, that subgenre of death metal, whatever you want to say it is, that atmosphere. Uh I think that's what this guy's trying to capture, but he does some really interesting stuff on this second demo, the Filth Speak demo. Um the 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 guitars, maybe Terrell, I don't know if you might articulate it better than me, but what he's doing with some of the weird dissonant parts and um and 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 the like like kind of like off-putting notes that he puts in some of these parts. <laughs> the vocals are disgusting. It's just, it's a really cool little um, uh, evil, brutal, underground death metal project. I feel, again, like, I, I don't want to say this too much, but again, this is like the type of thing, this is a classic Heavy Hole podcast recommendation, in my opinion, man. I'm not, I'm not, you know, going off the rails with something weird. This is uh, an underground um uh one man death metal project out of Boston, Massachusetts. It's fairly in line with, with where death metal is at today, you know, um, you know, with, with the doomy sure. kind of occult underground raw stuff. But but it, but he this guy this guy is a prolific musician in his own right and he's he's refined his style, I would say, from the first demo into this. So the the filth speak demo is like the pinnacle of it. But the good news is he's also worth only in Florida is the first single um, off of his uh, forthcoming album that he's about to put out. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, and Terrell, maybe if you had any input on this. Now you described it really well, especially with the production and the guitar lines. Like you said, sometimes there is that incantation. Like you get like a little unintentionally atonal guitar run happening. And um, he, he did capture that. Well, I did notice too that it, it Despite the really cloudy old school production, I could tell it's a little newer from some of the riffing. I got a little of that uh, Midwest death riffing in yeah. some of it. Like, I don't want to sound cliche, but like I could hear a little bit of bog in terms of like a, like a stompy riff, not like a heavy groovy. No, there's no heavy groove. There's no hardcore parts. But in, in terms of like the 
the drum and bass selection and stuff like that. The bass production is almost like mortician without the buzzsaw, just mm-hmm. like really rumbling and cloudy and under underneath everything. And the guitars are super thick and 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 mushy. It almost sounds like it's a mono guitar, like it's a singular guitar coming up the middle. Um, even though the whole recording is not mono, because you could hear it in the drums that there's a little bit of stereo imaging. But now I'm just like nerding out. Huh. Uh, but not it, it was definitely cool. I had no idea like what what to expect, and uh, it's definitely unique. It's not like everyday like OSDM kind of ripping off the stuff, but it like you said, it does uh, fall in line with um, newer stuff. Not outdated, but still reverent to the old school. I think you just put into words something that I, I didn't realize what I liked about it was um, it's got some of that mid that old school 90s Midwest death in there. It does. And that's where some of the groove and the, the more punchy brutality is coming from. It's not slammy. It's not hardcore. That that's the th- When I was listening to this two-song demo before, it really kind of brought me back to the 90s and not because it's a specifically nostalgic 90s project, which there are those bands nowadays, it just, I think that combination of the Midwest death with some of the more evil, obscure-sounding stuff, uh, very, very well-written. And that's what I also wanted to get at, too. Not that the first demo is bad. The first demo is good. I think it's probably worth it to just check out the whole um, compilation of material that he's got on Bandcamp. And, what you know, he doesn't have much material released at this point. You know, it's all worth a listen, especially to listen to the first demo and then hear the progress uh in composition and in what he was doing with the project on this filth speak demo and the only in florida single is an interesting song too to check out so um i'll just leave it there uh any any final thoughts on phlemesis this uh, one-man project from boston terrell yeah pro tip will like will said he sent me a demo that was seven minutes long it's perfect way to like capture people's attention make sure they listen to the whole thing don't be like me sending him a compilation that's 51 minutes long of guttural brutal death metal of varying production throughout <laughs> i was familiar with it already so it was all good yeah. i had already heard it <laughs> i'm very familiar with that digested flesh and i was very willing to talk about it but um oh yeah uh, i try to make it easy on you guys you're doing me a, a, and the listeners a great service just by being here man as as is here's the segue as is tom by punching up a little bit of that old Flemesis uh, from Boston off of their Filth Speak demo. I'll send you a link, Tom. Just in Boston with Flamesis. Let's go back to New Jersey a minute, Terrell. We got some stuff. You and me got to talk about some things right now. We got stuff coming all right, up. All right. um, December the 7th. We're going to be out there in your neck of the woods at Dingbats again. Um, okay. I, it doesn't matter if they didn't get the air conditioning fixed. We're going to be good. Now. <laughs> it's cold out now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cold. Uh, we love you, Dingbats. There was no AC last time we played there in the summer. Uh, and we had, but we were like conditioned for that because we had just played North Carolina with no AC. <laughs> it was that was a tour, that was a that was a crazy tour. That but was a tour. 
objectively. <laughs> but allegedly, arguably, we're doing a two-day tour supporting Mortician. <laughs> Mortician. <laughs> we're playing two back-to-back shows. Very honored. Um, Dingbats in New Jersey on December the 7th. Mortician will be there, as will uh, Reeking Aura. We're, we're looking forward to that, man. Um, and then the next day, December the 8th, Mortician's going to be at the St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn, as will uh, Malignancy and Immortal Suffering and Reeking Aura. Uh, we're getting some T-shirts made. Rick's got some of those fun little gadgets that he puts our logos on that people allegedly smoke, smoke tobacco out of. Um, all sorts of stuff going on. We might have flasks left, maybe uh, tobacco grinders. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, Terrell, did I, I mistake that? Did I leave anything out? No, you got everything right, man. It's going to be a busy week. Yeah, I'm, I'm on fire tonight, man. Um, what You know what else is going to be, be a busy week? This weekend, uh, we're dropping this around Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, so if you don't live in the United States, it doesn't mean much to you. But we're dropping, we're dropping this around Thanksgiving weekend. November the 25th on Thanksgiving weekend, annual birth record release show. Matinee show, 2 p.m. Annual birth, bowel erosion, uh, charcuterie from... Uh, 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 Philly, where we interviewed them. Check out the the episode with them. Aroma, Beit Lam. Um, everyone's going to be there. It's a matinee show at two p.m. Uh, looking forward to that. November the twenty fifth. Um, we already told told you about December seventh, December eighth. Anything else going on? I think I think we covered most of what's going on with the crew right now. There's a few things in the blueprint stages. Yeah, man. I, I, in terms of shows that we're playing, that's really it. All um, right. Yeah. That week of Dingbats, I know. Uh, that week of dingbats <laughs> that week of the mortician <laughs> shows i'm gonna go to dingbats again probably to see suffo um just because you know out of the convenience of them being so close to home who's on that suffo tour again i know i've been seeing the poster around so right now suffo is touring with incantation uh stabbing and uh good lord uh skeletal remains got it okay um, but okay. i think that one show is going to be a one-off so I, I don't know if those other bands are playing all right, all right, all right. Slip, That'd be cool. Slippery eels. We'll, we'll see what happens, yeah. man. And um, I think I think I'm gonna try to go out to your show on the 25th. I'll see. It's a little tough. Last time I went to Beth Page, it took three hours. Oof. But uh, we'll we'll see how that's looking. Dude. And if I do do that, I'll probably come back to Brooklyn after and catch Ulcerate. Okay. So I'm gonna go from <laughs> from Adelbert to Ulcerate in one in one night. Um. Yeah, I don't have the. I don't have the, the education or the degree to go watch Ulcerate, unfortunately. But I wish you well. You, you, I, I'm joking. I just last week diplomas at the door. I had Dave Gladden co-host with me, and we made a couple little wise cracks about the old uh, Ulcerate fan base. Uh, I said, oh, there's a, listen, there's only five Ulcerate fans. I really got issues. So it's <laughs> come on. I love Ulcerate. <laughs> I love news. Shout out. We we got actually we got a lot of heavy hole supporters in New Zealand. Shout out to all of them, man. I appreciate shout out to New Zealand. Yeah, we're just making wise he, wise cracks, dude. Right even, I could even crack on Ulcerate, even though they're amazing musicians that I I don't even own like one percent of talent of like any of those members. But uh, sometimes they're too esoteric for me, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have as much talent as them on guitars or drums. I've never freestyle rap battled any member of that band. Uh, okay. But uh, the. The offer stands. We'll see what you happens. Know how it goes down see under. what happens. I might I might have to go out there too, man. <laughs> after, oh, man. The, after the anal birth show. Am I calling the band Ulcerate out to Mr. Beery's November the twenty fifth to rap battle me 
as a, as a, um, an encore to anal births record release show that, that depends on if they show up. You heard it here. Have your whole podcast first. If you come thousands of miles, just go 20 more East and you'll be on Beth page. Yeah, it'll take it'll take figure it out. two hours to drive that. <laughs> that's what, that's the thing. I'm just, I'm I'm just bluffing right now because I know they're never gonna make the traffic. <laughs> they're never gonna be able to drive it and make their yeah, show. Man. Listen, shout to Ulcerate, shout to everyone in New Zealand. I'm busting balls as we say over here on this side of things right now, making jokes. I enjoy Ulcerate's music. They're they're a nice band. Um, uh, nice nice guy. I got to shake their hands once. Saw them when they were playing in New Jersey a few years ago. Good good band life. Um, no beef. I don't, I don't want any trouble. Uh, I almost people get me in trouble on the podcast lately, man. The guys from uh, um, Pain Divine almost got me. I almost got me in trouble with Detroit, the entire city. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, talking, yeah. No, good. Listen, smack. good guy. No, I'm getting them in trouble now. Good guys. They don't have an issue with Detroit either. Everybody like crack, right. we, Listen, this is what we do. We crack a couple of beers and we bust a couple of jokes out on this show and we talk death metal. Um, speaking of which, thank you very much to Lou from the Guttural Syndicate for joining me this evening. Uh, good luck to him and everything that he's doing in terms of promotion and booking, spreading the word. Um, follow him on Instagram. He's got a lot of cool lore and history re- uh, relevant to the type of stuff we discuss on this podcast um, from not from New York and beyond, I should say, with the, with this type of music, guttural death metal and brutal death metal. Um, Terrell, we're going to be watching on the lookout for that that new Thetis album. Um, very excited to hear that. Uh, big shout to you and the guys. Um, la- any talk of a label or anything like that? Uh, nothing's confirmed yet. Fair enough. I'm going to leave you, you alone. Say that. I'm going to leave you alone. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, not beating on they beat down your door on that one. We'll get you. We'll get you and the boys back uh, uh, for another interview when you're ready to drop that. Uh, go to the shows. We just told you about all the shows. Go to the Patreon. Um, if something's a little too hot for TV on the podcast, sometimes it gets cut out and thrown on there. Sometimes we do a little bonus episode. Uh, beyond that, man, whatever. You, if you're if you, if you're doing the Thanksgiving deal this week or wherever, whatever you're doing, be safe. Um, I think that's about it. Heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. Voicemail should be, the number should be in the description wherever you're listening to this. Uh, leave us a voicemail. Tell us about what you're listening to, what shows you're going to, what shows you're not going to, what's going on in your scene, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll address it, maybe. I don't know. Self, self-addressed self stamped envelopes. I will send it right back to you. Um, Thrill, any final words for the good people? Be brutal, mm. I guess. No. Eat turkey. Yes. Listen to Hot 97. No. Um, <laughs> no oh, well, only because another DJ has legal issues. And uh, trust me, I'm up on the, I'm up on the news, bro. Mm, I pay mm, attention to Envy, Envy, Envy. Yeah, allegedly, <laughs> alle- allegedly, 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 allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May have bought a house or two. Oh, God. Yeah, no, well, I agree with about 50% of what you said. Um, stay brutal. <laughs> there you go. No guessing game about it. We got to stay brutal. Um, listen to Hot 97. You no, know, no, I, no, I was joking about that one. I'm not busting. Listen, you can listen to whatever radio station you want. I'm busting balls. I'm also 41 years old out here <laughs> on Long Island. I'm not in tune with the city. I don't know what the popular people do out there in the metropolitan area. Um, I'm right there with you, man. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who like half of these drill artists are. Like uh, I, I don't know. What's, I don't know what's happening out there. Is it like gore grind and I'm, death metal? Is drill like a separate genre from rap yet? Is it like has it branched out uh, completely, or is that is that it's, it's like pop now, which is odd. Like fundamentally, it shouldn't be, but it kind of is. You know what this reminded me of the other day? I was thinking about um, 
the Clips, the rap group, the Clips. Um, uh, they came out with that song "Grinding," and they're like, they're, of course, you know, a lot of their music implied that maybe they were selling cocaine, maybe not. Uh, back in the day when they first came out, but then they showed up on like this like dance song with Justin Timberlake. You remember that? And like it was like a big mu- there's like some big fluffy well, music you know, video. We know it then, yeah. It's like some big fluffy music video, and JT's there busting a move, and they're just like rap, like they're just like chilling in the corner rapping about selling cocaine with Justin Timberlake, and <laughs> and allegedly. And then I also remember there was another. There's another because this is like a genre. This is like this kind of like weird like gangster rap, like like shoehorned into pop music thing that they've been doing. Uh, the last, at least, well, I guess forever, but um, twenty years. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> back to Frank Sinatra. But um, uh, uh, there's another one, Sol- Solange. What's her name? Solange. What's Solange? Yeah, Solange. Oh, the Beyonce sister. Yeah, Beyonce sister. Solange. Yeah, Solange. Solange yeah. knows. Um, who actually, you know, I, I, I've I've seen her pop up in some 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 uh, uh, you know areas of music that I didn't expect. She's got some cool stuff out there on her own right. She's kind of a low key artist, but. <laughs> When she was first coming out, dude, when she was like a teenager, she had some sort of like kind of like dance R&B song featuring Nori. <laughs> Super thug. Yeah, dude. Like, oh. <laughs> like, that, like this is like 20 years ago when Nori was like yeah. Super Thug. You know what I'm saying? Like, this exactly. is it wasn't Drink Champs Nori, dude. It was like thugged <laughs> out. It was Thugacation Nori. You know what I mean? <laughs> Use the credibility. Oh, God. Back there right there, I guess. <sighs> yeah, it was. Yeah, there was this weird. Yeah, it was a it was a strange era in pop music. But I guess that like there's this thing with pop music. It's got, you know, it's it's, it's the danger factor. You know, you got to have the streets in there. Yeah, man. Listen, man, one day Sleep Token's going to come up to your door with that check. Mm. And I'll be talking about this in a couple years. Be like, yo, you remember when Will was, was guttural? And now he's <laughs> touring with Sleep Token and shit? Yeah, I'll be doing. Well, I don't want to name bands, but yeah, I'll be doing. I'll be doing. I know. I just called that band out for, for no I'll, reason. I'll, <laughs> but they're, they're, they don't need me. No, I'll, I'll hire like four. I'll, I'll, well, this is my thing. If I play, like, I keep playing the. the you know the the scratch offs like win a thousand dollars for life a week for life. That's that's see that's that's like a good working class low brow lottery ticket. You know what I mean? You hit that like all right, I'll keep my job, but I'll be able to retire maybe. You know, you pay off your bills with this or what? You know, it's like it's not you know it's not extravagant. You know, it's not it's not too flashy. You know, if you win that. But if I did that. Then I'm hiring like three kind of pretty boy indie rock guys who don't know anything about death metal. Um, and we do the whole, we'll see, I don't want to name bands, but yeah, we, you know, we do that whole like indie rock death metal thing, you know, where we just kind of cross over real quick. It's going to be beautiful. We'll silk screen the shirts and one of the, I'll give them the keys to the social media. Like I'm, I'm actually going to be like more of like a, um, who was the guy we were talking about it yesterday in the group text, uh, uh, from the backstreet boys behind the scenes guy, yeah, whoever. Yeah, somebody said Saudi his, Prince that Luke, orchestrated that whole thing. Oh, he was a prince, all right, but I don't think he was a he was a Saudi. <laughs> no. Um, hold on a second, because Ryan Ryan remembered it, man. God bless Ryan. Um, hold on a second, we might have to edit this just so I can get this in here, man. I'm I'm struggling here trying to find this. Going through Rick, shout shout to Rick's Instagram page, <laughs> Happiness NYC <laughs> popping off. Oh, uh, yeah, the New York Post, man. Rick always entertaining, man. Uh, Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. Go, yeah, Google Lou <laughs> Pearlman. 
Um, I will not be that. Yeah, now if, if I'm asking you to Google him, I will not be that guy. But I will be like the weird, the non, the less creepy and non-perverted version of that guy. I'll just be paying someone to do a death metal band. And yeah, there he is. This, that's a creepo weird. Yeah, and it does that look like wild. me, dude. If you put like the, if you put like the Tony Soprano <laughs> polo shirt on me, that's me, dude. That oh. is a total Tony Soprano shirt. Oh, I'll say that. Not oh, you. I look that like Lou Pearlman. Uh, Will looks like Lou Pearlman, dude. It's only gonna get worse <laughs> as I age. Oh god, the progression towards evil. Ah, oh. skinless. Yeah, thank you. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Uh, it's about time we wrap it up before I go before I descend any further down down the the, the hole, the denizens of my my fucking age and my self deprecation on this show. Good God! Um, thank you for tuning in and listening, man. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for tuning in to my slow demise. Uh, heavy hole podcast, man. Reeking aura uh, again. December seventh in New Jersey at Dingbats. December eighth, we're gonna be at St. Vitus. Both nights supporting Mortician. November the twenty fifth at Mister Beery's. I'll be Assisting the Gornoy's Godfather, Adam Rotella of Anal Birth, um, at his record release show. Uh, beyond that, man, just be on the lookout for new Thetis, man. Terrell, appreciate you, bro. Much love, bro. Thanks All for right. having me. That's a wrap. One.